article pointing out the fact that Diamond had recently made several announcements about new or renewed partnerships with publishers and questioning why there were so many announcements happening in such a short span of time. In fact, from April 27th through May 23rd, they announced an expanded deal with Opus Publishing, their deal with Distillery, Massive Publishing, which is uh, whatnot, that's their new name, and Ablaze Publishing on the 23rd. So Diamond making a ton of moves. Not even 24 hours later, the news broke that Image Comics signed a new deal to have their comics exclusively distributed worldwide by Lunar. Another one bites the dust for good old Diamond. They've lost the holy trinity of publishers and comics. Another week, happen. more bad Couldn't news have for Diamond. Couldn't have happened to a nicer company. It's been, I feel like it's been a long time coming. Like, we, we knew to some degree the larger publishers were going to start to follow suit. By Lunar. You know what? I have a lot of things to say about that. Mm-hmm. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of things to say about that. Okay. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining, for watching live. That's awesome. Say hello. Uh, we've got Kale here. What's up, hot dogs? Marco's here. Here. No, Tyler, he's sick. But we have a lot of things to talk about, and we are going to roll right along because we are discussing image dumping diamond. Diamond again, you know, just just taking L after L after L. Um, it's pretty remarkable, but let's get into it. So Diamond's deluxe tier of publishers now, which is... The tier where you get preferred placement in previews world um, and all kinds of other like discount, maximum discounts, all that great stuff. Now includes massive publishing, as I mentioned earlier, Aftershock Comics, Titan Comics, Ablaze Publishing, Frank Miller Presents, and the aforementioned Opus Comics. So no image. That's it? Uh, yeah. Those are the the deluxe tier of publishers. Wait, where where did where did IDW and Dark Horse and all that stuff go? Did they leave a while ago too? I think they did. You like they did, yeah. Yeah, I think they did. <laughs> um, blow blow in the chat says I'm a deluxe tier publisher now after this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if Diamond wants to start distributing podcasts, we can talk. We'll talk about that, but then I want to hear Lunar's offer. I feel like they have a better offer. <laughs> yeah, we Come do here. that. We're going to be back on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck that. We'll be on public access. <laughs> three in the morning. Yeah. We have a three in the morning time slot on public access. So, Damn. But only if cool. you live in New York. Yeah, tune in. Um, <laughs> so this change is effective as of September on sales, which means that books ordered from June 14th onward and that reflects direct market distribution. So that's worldwide, direct market, two comic shops. Now it's coming from Lunar. That means a lot of things. A lot of things. And I'm not sure if everybody has fully put all this stuff into perspective yet. I certainly haven't. That's okay. That's okay. Because we're here to do that. So the first thing I want to bring up. 
is now Lunar. So, so remember this. DC comic books come out when now? Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So if Lunar is publishing now DC and Image. Oh, if, no. If Image goes to Tuesday as well, that happened because of DC's own plans. They wanted to sync up with the rest of the book channel. Um, and really almost all of inter- like entertainment, um, like physical media, digital media. Like a lot of that stuff comes out on Tuesdays. Um, and so they wanted to sync up with that. But certainly with their book channel market, which is Tuesday-based. Um, if Image makes that same decision and Lunar is with that, which makes sense because they're, they're shipping everything else on Tuesdays or for Tuesdays. Are we looking at new comic book Tuesdays? For Image as well. Interesting. I mm, I don't like that. I don't like that because Tuesday was enough of a change. And I'm like, all right, fine. Only DC. I, I, I get that. Um, but you fucking shit up. I don't know. You're messing with tradition. I don't like it. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, how do you feel, Kale? Did um, Lunar was the one that DC made with Midtown. Is that right? Yeah, I mean DC didn't exactly make them. Um, Lunar is. Is Lunar Midtown? I think it's Lunar's DCBS. I think. Okay. Uh, I got you. So yeah. So I guess my question is: Did the um, the Tuesday change? That was a DC uh, initiative more than a yes. distribution initiative. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. DC wanted this okay. to synchronize yeah. with the book channel. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, could be. Yeah, I guess it depends on whether image wants it to synchronize with the book channel it would make sense that they would want that i think maybe even more than it would make sense for someone like marvel just because so much of images you know um finances come from the book market and come from trades and you know graphic novels and things like that um so getting all of that synchronized because it's it's not really that much about floppies like certainly that is a factor for dc and why they made that choice but it's really because you know if you look at barnes and noble if you look or if you look at any other you know book seller those are all coming out on tuesdays so dc wants to get their books their their trades right in stores for that why would an image want that yeah especially like you say their trades or the book market yeah for mm-hmm. image yeah. yeah yeah you're absolutely right and, so. and even then if you're going to distribute like to do two runs in a week i can only imagine might might prove out to be a bit like inefficient mm-hmm. like a cost perspective like i'm going to do two runs when i could just do the one with both yeah that makes sense yeah and uh yeah confirming that ucs was midtown comics and dcbs had or has oh, nice. okay yeah cool um, so, I mean, look, I don't really care, I guess, but only if the whole industry moves. And I think that's really the question is, you know, image makes the, the decision to go Tuesdays. Maybe it's not even in their hands. Maybe it's just a lunar choice, but either way, if that happens, does penguin random house and Marvel follow suit? 
You know, no. do we see the whole industry just shift to Tuesdays, or are we really gonna have two separate days as New Comic Book Day? I, maybe maybe Marvel take Thursdays. <laughs> make my make my Marvel Mondays. Ooh, I like that. Sure, Dark Horse Fridays. Let's just screw yeah, it not? all up. Fuck it. Uh, I don't see that happening. And you're saying, does Marvel there enjoin Lunar or just the the publication schedule? Just the the industry itself shifting to Tuesdays. Yeah, because Marvel's already got that sweet deal with Penguin Random House. Yeah, right? they're not leaving. They ain't moving. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. All right, fair enough. Well, let's uh, let's re- read some quotes because the Image founders uh, had things to say about this, um, and so did Steve Jeppy, who is the owner of Diamond. Um, and so let's start with Todd McFarlane. Todd said, first and foremost, we want to thank Steve Jeppy, Chuck Parker, and everyone at Diamond for their ongoing service and all they've done for Image over the years. For three decades, they have been at our side, supporting our books from the moment we founded our company back in 92. Every Image comic published since our inception in 92 has been distributed to thousands of retail outlets by Diamond, and they have played a very important role in our company's evolution. So, you know, Todd just saying exactly what you would expect. Thanks for the memories. We're moving on. Uh, that's a long, long partnership. Yeah. A long partnership. 30, like 30 plus years. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, when people talk about comics, it's like you have to remember that there is so much history and you could also say baggage. Uh, between these companies this is a long-standing relationship the people that run image now are the same almost exact people that ran it when it started and the same people that run diamond are the same exact people that ran it when it started it's less gray hair uh, amongst them yeah if that if that some of them probably started going gray in, in uh in the 90s i got my first gray guys it was like right over here. I got a haircut, so it went away. But it mine popped up right here. Marco, nobody cares. No, nobody. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, are you, what are you, an image founder? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Larson said, It was not a move we made lightly, though. And ultimately, the change was made because of the benefits to readers and retailers who are our real customers. There are services Lunar will provide that will make it easier for stores to buy our titles and for fans to find our books. Interesting. Hmm. We'll go back to that. We'll, we'll okay. return to what Eric Larson had to say there. Uh, Christina Merkler, who is the co-owner of Lunar, uh, said, We are thrilled to announce our exclusive worldwide distribution deal with Image Comics. We are constantly seeking innovative ways to expand our reach and bring exceptional content to our retailer accounts around the world. We look forward to working closely with Image and continuing to provide top-notch service to our direct market accounts. That's great. Christina Merkler, by the way, we'll probably uh, talk more about her a little later. She's a very interesting person in that she, you know, she co-owns Lunar Distribution. 
But she has significant problems with the direct market. Because she feels, and we're going to talk about this more probably, but she feels that the direct market is its own worst enemy. Oh, she published like a, a piece a few weeks back, yeah? Uh, a piece that she was interviewed for appeared in Popverse mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months ago. I've been trying desperately to bring it up during the show, but it hasn't really been an opportunity. Today's the day. There you go. Uh, Steve Jeppe said, over the past 30 years, Diamond's collaboration with Image has been a source of inspiration and motivation. While their announcement today marks a new chapter in our partnership, I am delighted that Diamond will continue to play a vital role as a key source for Image Comics to the direct market. As always, we remain passionate about what we do and dedicated to delivering excellence for the direct market and our partners. Our resolve to provide innovative solutions and exceptional service remains stronger than ever. Is that what Diamond's known for? <laughs> exceptional service. Exceptional Not. service and innovative solutions. Not my experience. There was a survey that was done uh, uh, highlighting the the different uh, the different. Um, distributors and their pros and cons and uh, it was done by Comics Progress which is Comics Pro and I wonder if they had surveyed the various uh, retailers and asked them do you feel that Diamond is known for innovative solutions and exceptional service I wonder if they would have said yes to that but The person whose quote I wanted to read the most is none other than who, Marco? Jeppy. No, we just did that. Damn it. Yeah. (laughs) It's from Eric Stevenson. Eric Stevenson is the publisher and CCO of Image Comics. And he said, this is a big change. But we will still be working with Diamond in other capacities and looking forward to maintaining those relationships with the Diamond team for years to come. Lunar is is an impressive new player in the direct market, and we are eager to work with them on the next phase of our development, as well as joining DC and leading the industry toward what we believe are positive changes for everyone. That's really interesting, Eric Stevenson. That's really interesting because here's a quote from June 13th, 2020 from that same man. Now, let me take you back to that time really quick so that you know what I'm talking about. This is at the height of the pandemic, right after DC said, we are done with Diamond and we are, you know, doing the Lunar and and UCS thing. This is right after that. This is directly in response to that. Eric Stevenson said that the decision was a hasty, sociopathic decision (laughs) Made by people who do not care about the long-term welfare of our marketplace, let alone comics. Yikes. That aged. That aged like milk. You think my takes aged like milk? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Especially the AI ones. But not the lunar and this conversation. Surely I was prophetic here. It's funny you say that because I went back and listened to Uh-oh. those old conversations. <laughs> Fuck. I sure did. 
I knew he would. <laughs> yeah. How I can set I myself not? up for this shit, dude? As soon as I saw the Eric Stevenson quote, I was like, "Whoa, wait a second! I got a long memory, pal. I I remember you saying something different a few years ago." Because at that time, all of us, except Marco, in fact, yeah, were very scared of what DC was doing, and so was Image, obviously. And uh, frankly, I will stand by that attitude, rightfully so, <laughs> you know, at the height of the pandemic. Like, I agree. I think I think making the decision that they made at the time, like at that exact time, was hasty. I don't know if I would go as far as sociopathic at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, but that, that was rough. But then when you think about it, right, just shy of three years later – He's saying we're joining DC and leading the industry toward what we believe are positive changes for everyone. Hmm. Who does everybody include? Sociopathic. Yeah. Like it has to be. And and I think when Lunar first popped up and we started seeing the differences in that distribution, I think one of the things that we noted was, or that retailers had noticed was, Packaging's better. Things came on time. The the delivery actually made it in a number yeah. of instances, right? And so, um, I wonder if they've continued to push on that in ways that maybe on our end we're not seeing because you know we're we're end consumer, but uh, something within the distribution, something within the workflow, those things have probably improved to some degree, especially as Lunar has gotten like a better foothold and gra- grasp on the distribution business itself that small successes and optimizations have been made enough so that image was like, actually, this kind of makes sense. You know, you're 100% right. And I have proof because the survey that I talked about features responses from retailers all over the United States. Hmm. And the way that the Comics Progress survey uh, sum up makes it seem is that they're all pretty close together in terms of how retailers feel about them. And I guess you could come away with that conclusion, but I read it and I came away thinking, wow, Lunar is the best distributor in comics. That's what the retailers seem to be telling me. They're number one in packaging. They're number one in minimizing damages. They're number one in shipping costs. Uh, like they're, they're not number one in absolutely everything, but they are, by and large, number. They're number one in comics in time for New Comics Day. Hmm. Um, they're 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 doing amazingly. And don't get me wrong, Diamond is Diamond is doing well um, in certain aspects. So is P- Penguin Random House and Universal. But um, the overall grade has Lunar on top by yeah. you know at a four point out of five. So they're doing I, I, amazing. I think this is that like competition angle of you introduce those new players into the market and somebody's going to be doing something better. And this is that paying off. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks, capitalism. <laughs> so out of the quotes that I read, uh, one of them was interesting and I want to, I want to, jump back to what Eric Larson said. Mm. Eric Larson said, 
it was not a movie made lightly, though, and ultimately the change was made because of the benefits to readers and retailers who are our real customers. Every single quote that I read, with no exception, either directly, well, actually, actually, before I say that, let me ask you, who are the real purchasers of comics? The shops. Marco, what'd you say? The shops. And Kale, you said retailers. Yeah. Every single person whose quote I just read either directly says direct market or references retailers. Everyone. They don't all reference fans, but they all reference retailers. We learned that from uh, Dan Didio. Never would have occurred to me had it not been for that interview. It's B2B, right? Like you're sending, you're, you're distributing to another business. Yeah. You're distributing to another business that essentially has full control over what the what the potential buyer reads at least or at least what they see in the store what they see yeah. in the store what's promoted to them what they don't see what's not promoted to them all in control of the retailers you can ask the retailer to get something for you maybe they will maybe they won't they can literally tell you no yeah and then you just won't have access to that at your store and you can't just say ah nuts i'll just go to the comic shop down the street that is the comic shop down the street yeah and there ain't no other comic shop comic shop down the street yep. most likely in order for you to get to another shop you probably have to drive maybe a half an hour maybe an hour and then and maybe that owner sucks too who knows yeah even in the city it's like a 30 minute train ride to the next one if you're lucky in the same borough you know yeah and that's probably a midtown <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's just it's just amazing to me that you know these kinds of moves get made and everybody talks about them huge uh huge you know announcement and things like that what does this actually matter in the grand scheme of things when it comes to getting image comics in the hands of people who actually buy and read them nothing's gonna change exactly nothing changes nothing right. changes what well i mean in my mind right lunar distributing image comics getting them to stores faster getting them to stores in better condition let's say all of that is accurate what does that have to do with getting a person who doesn't go to comic shops to go to the comic shop and buy an image comic book oh yeah nothing no, nothing yeah, you, you're. This is the the market that you're hitting, right? You have your your size. That's it. That's Image's real problem. That's mm. every publisher's real problem is getting people to buy the books that normally don't. Not comic book fans, but human beings, people who might be inclined to buy comic books. That mysterious, unactivated reader. Right. Sure. So this but this go ahead. I, but but I, like this is the problem that Lunar's out here to solve. Well, who is here to solve? Christina Merkler in the interview that I referenced earlier with Popverse said, "Quote: Sometimes the direct market is its own worst enemy." Uh, everyone says, "Oh, we need to grow the readership. We need to grow the readership." But no one ever actually says, "How do we grow the readership?" 
I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but I do think that sometimes the direct market is its own worst enemy and it's almost preventing itself from growing. It's not almost, it is. Hot damn. I think that one was paywalled, so I couldn't read it. It is. Yeah, it is. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got that hot Patreon money, Sean. Could just throw around to get over the paywall now. <laughs> no, I read the free quote. <laughs> I did not read the whole interview. Um, that I mean, that's a great quote. And I think I think what she said is absolutely accurate. But who's responsible for solving the problem? If it's not Lunar... If it's not Diamond, everybody was blaming Diamond mm. three years ago, saying they were a major reason why comics were not where they need to be. I don't disagree with that. But if now Diamond is not responsible and Lunar is is stepping up and they've got DC and they've got Image, are they responsible? Is Penguin Random House responsible? I thought Penguin Random House was going to have all these bright ideas about how to market comics outside of comic book stores. Where's that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were like, we're bringing back into bookshops and all that kind of stuff. Whose job is it to solve the problem that comics has? The publisher. They need to bring people in to the door to want to pick up a book. Like You have to activate somebody enough to want to make it out to the shop or to buy something digitally, to care, to want to read. That that's on behalf of the brand and IP that you have. You have to flex that, and you have to attract those people because Lunar is just the process to get to the retailer. The retailer, uh, I mean, the retailer is going to influence that, but I think you have to get somebody to the retailer first. Kill. I would have said marketing. Let's go. The marketing real, of real, real marketing of the publishers. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. See, I struggle with this because I don't. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a guess on my part. I don't. Know. Right. I I don't I don't I mean I don't I certainly you know if Christina Merkler doesn't have the answers I'm not going to say that I do although I kind of <laughs> feel like I do but I don't think that the responsibility falls solely on any one of these entities but i don't think that they're all trying to do the same thing and that's the problem because retailers and distributors don't have any skin in the game of uh, digital they don't care that you sell comics digitally in the sense that it does not benefit you them for you to do that so the publishers are literally always walking a tightrope and that's a significant problem and this problem does not exist in literally any other industry that i can think of where else is it like obviously best buy for example doesn't mm-hmm. d- doesn't benefit from the fact that sony sells spider-man games digitally through their marketplace that's not a benefit to them. But they also can't influ- they don't have enough power to influence whether or not games can be sold digitally and for how much and when. Those things seem to be as far as my knowledge goes up to Sony. Best Buy is just one of several vehicles for you to get your game if you want to. And that's it. And they do lots of other things. So if games are being sold online, 
That's not the end of the world for them. But it's literally the end of the world for retailers and distributors if digital were to be 50% of the market. That's game over. How do you get around that? If you're Marvel or DC, how do you get around that? It's a it's a it's a house of cards. I I've been calling it a house of comics, and house of floppies. It, it's 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 <laughs> it's doomed. Yeah. Mm. The doomed feels strong. Uh, but what do you mean? Like, like the future is digital. I don't like you. I don't think you can argue that. It's only a matter of time before we can't cut down any more trees. Like, you know, at some point it's going to get hard to keep making these floppies. It just is. Um, but but I don't think that the digital space has enough of like a value yet to yet. want to replace that. Oh, I guess yet. That's that's what I'm saying. You're right in that it, it doesn't, but the but what I'm saying is like Marvel and DC can't push they cannot possibly push digital in the way that I'm sure they would probably like to. Yeah. Because of the other two entities. This is a triangle. The Holy Trinity of Comics is the publishers, the distributors, and the retailers. I did not say reader. Mm-hmm. We are somehow in the structure that has been created, the least important factor in terms of those three other entities, but also the only factor that results in them making money. It's insane. It's it, to, to me, it's it's nuts. Top Lane says, um, you give me a 10 to 15, 10 to 25% discount on digital, I would never go back to my comic book shop. That's the exact reason why they don't do that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It hit that convenience factor at that point. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that it would. We would see like the the number go from ten to twenty percent of digital readers, right? Because I personally am of the 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 same opinion I've always been, which is that if you're a physical comics reader and that's what you that's that's what you really really love to do, you're probably not going to be incentivized to make the jump unless you literally have to. Um, but at what point? Do does does the scale tip, or at yeah. one point is this unsustainable? Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of factors to that. Classy uh, says, get the manga industry to market comics, and yes, the future is digital, not and only available for trades and hardcover. Mm, only available? No, I think for trades and hardcovers, those are going to be that's where I feel like a majority of like image and other publishers make some money back because the floppy that's like too costly to produce consistently and make a return on what is to make the floppy versus the the trade you're saying that it's harder to make a return on your investment through floppies than trades right sure i think that you know, trades have a higher valuation. So because of that, you know, you're going to get more money. And then it's obviously a double dip because this is 
stuff that you've already produced once and floppy are just binding it together which is fantastic yeah. um but marvel and dc or well I, i'll speak more for marvel marvel didn't even have two books in the top 750 i think it was of That's trade right, yeah. and graphic novel sales last year they had one book moon knight damn so if they were to make that choice to go fully, you know, backlog and trade waiting physical releases, and that's all you had for physical was old stuff and trades, I don't know how that works for Marvel and DC either because they make a lot of money on floppies. Mm. And on that manga industry to market comics, I don't know what that looks like, uh, like what they do differently or how they do it differently. I think the user, the end user there is activated to a different degree and at larger scale. So I yeah. think that's a different comparison. I wonder that's what a, they do. But It's also just a whole different market. Right, altogether. yeah. Like their stuff, they, on on the outset, they've already wildly segmented their audience right but they've also uh made it insanely available mm. mm -hmm. and cost effective yeah top lane says it would force them to reprint old stuff which would be great for us i mean they already do they reprint stuff all the time like things are not new new, new comics they're not going out of print you know what i'm saying like we don't live in that world anymore you know they keep this stuff in print in perpetuity now there are some old comics that they cannot reproduce because it would be too costly due to the rights agreements that existed at the time so there's some things we'll just never see again but that's old stuff but if it's if it's from like the 80s or 90s on and it's sort of popular it's you're gonna see it no question yeah, that's just, you know, that's how it works. Um, so, let me ask you guys this. Has the comeback for Diamond actually been bigger than the setback? <laughs> Has it been a comeback? Anyone remember that quote? That no. was the big tagline that Diamond was using in 2020. The comeback will be bigger than our setback. Oh, that was yeah. the big tagline. So has it really been? Bro, Book of Mad what was it? Book of Magic number four, some shit save the uh industry. It's Daphne Byrne number Daphne six. Burn. That's it. Oh my god, yes. Yes. Good book, by the way. Yep. Well, uh, save the industry. <laughs> uh nah, dude. They they're dropping the ball left and right. Like that they, they have the ball. <laughs> Fair. They've been they've been fumbling the ball since they got it, and now it's just in free fall. Like this, uh, no. They th this has been continued exodus on the part of publishers. The people that they're trying to acquire that are their deluxe tier now are nowhere near the kind of quality that they or not quality, but the Ma uh, publishing magnitude. Yeah, yeah. Like like there's no weight there anymore, and I don't know that that is a value to diamond like yeah you have these and maybe you got to pump out more uh, you can pump out more volume but or you have to acquire more 
smaller publishers, but people don't know who those are. And that's hard to then be like, yeah, we're going to get people hyped about a blaze. They have some good books, but you know, yeah, it's just, and we talked about this the last time when DC left diamond, it created a hole in the orders that the retailers were making. And so in order to keep their discount at the rate that it was, they had to order up to match what they were doing before without DC. And so just, you know, just figure that the average comic shop probably orders more Marvel and DC comics than anything else. And then image after that. So when you lose image, and let's say, because again, image diamond does not have Marvel or DC image is probably what 40% of your order from diamond at this point gone so if you are diamond loyal how do you now keep your order high enough to keep your your discount without image if image was 40% of your order you know fill it with a blaze like Marco said no yeah uh Pump it full of uh, Funko Pops and um, action figures, uh, fucking um, uh, uh, back issues and old trades, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really difficult uh, situation. But if you're a retailer, you know, for all your loyalty to Diamond over the years, you know, if you stuck with them, if you didn't leave them after they lost DC, if you stuck with them after Marvel, and you still want to stick with them, this is what you get for it. San Diego Comic-Con is an event that is sponsored often by Diamond. And one of the things that retailers would get was if you were a retailer, you would get free access to San Diego Comic-Con. Well, not anymore. (laughs) Not this year. Uh, Retailers have lost their free San Diego Comic-Con badges. They must now pay $330 per employee for the weekend. Do you want to know how much of a discount that is? Not. Zero dollars off. Frankly, for a retailer, that's lower than I would have figured. (laughs) Yeah, right. The benefit is that they don't have to wait in the line to get the the, uh, badge. That's it. Oh, wait, what? That's it? And they're getting a thank you lunch at the event, which will include limited edition items and swag bags. So if you could shell out the $330 to get to the event, which you don't have because Diamond is taking all your money because you lost your 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 tier of savings from ordering through Diamond because you don't buy image to them anymore because you can't. If you somehow scrounge up 330 shekels to get to San Diego Comic-Con on top of the flight, on top of the hotel stay, on top of carrying your 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 works so that you can sell them to make some money back, what they'll give you is a swag bag. Hey, they're feeding me. They're feeding me. And they'll feed a, you. You'll get a gold Batman figure. Yeah. Maybe. You'll get some 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 convention food court burgers and fries <laughs> and a, and a th- f- go and ahead a booster blue action figure yeah <laughs> love it but let's talk positives let's talk solutions let's talk upside because there has to be something right can't be all bad 
Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this. The move is good for Image. Oh. I, I think at this point, we can all say that Lunar has been beneficial to the industry. And so Image moving that direction is good. That's positive. I don't think this kills Diamond, though. No. It makes them a much smaller player, but it's they're a player nonetheless. I think Diamond has done... <laughs> you'll be shocked by this, maybe. I think Diamond has made the right decisions to diversify themselves in the wake of COVID. Diamond sells mm. lots of toys, lots of... Um, uh, uh, cards like physical playing cards and collectibles and things like that. So they don't, they need comics, but they don't only need comics. And so that's really smart on their end. Um, they're not dead. They're, they're not, this is not the end of Diamond by any means, in my opinion. Yeah, I, don't, I agree. I think if they shift over to Tuesdays as an industry, that doesn't matter. Um, I'll go Tuesdays. I don't care. That's actually better for my life. Uh, and read in advance. Yeah, that's better for our show because then we have an extra day to read the books for Pals Pulls. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 irrelevant. Um, so honestly, those are the those are the positives that I see out of this. Um, nothing really changes until the industry collectively decides that it wants to solve its problems. This I is, think. I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I think. I think also like the moves Diamond has been making in the indie space mm. is also like you know. Uh, sorry, you have to be with Diamond indie creators, but you know if this change makes Diamond innovate even slightly, you know to move toward indie creators and indie publishers that gets indie books out to more shops because diamond already has all those connections right yeah so if the mainstream industry moves to tuesdays and diamond's like well let's just make it indie wednesdays oh i like that's, that that's not nothing that's a good okay. idea that's a good idea um i think that unfortunately retailers might be the roadblock there um but that depends that depends entirely on how diamond restructures its if they choose to restructure its rewards program yeah to give discounts because if they don't retailers will have to get crafty about how they sell the books you're talking about yeah that's not impossible but they would have to they would have to buy in on that marketing strategy of indie wednesdays yeah and mm. they won't and they won't and that's again again best buy does not influence whether or not you buy the next spider-man game other than being given some incentive on the part of sony to say hey best buy exclusive black suit costume if you buy it from best buy amazon exclusive amazing Bagman costume if you buy it from amazon that's it that's their only influence and that's how it's supposed to be i that's why i shop in midtown i don't care what retailers think about my buying decisions and they shouldn't influence them other than 
to try to get people to buy things that they might not normally know about or catering their offerings to the individual interests. If I go into the shop, the only thing the retailer should be consumed with is how to give me the best experience and sell me on the things that will make me want to continue to read comic books. Not any other agenda. I don't care. Yeah, 100%. It, ha it has to stop. They have to get it together and realize, you, as big as and important as you think you are, 10 years from now, you might not have a job. Diamond. Diamond, retailers, you might not have jobs. It's realistic. But that's not what I hope for. I actually love comic book stores, and I love the direct market. It has problems, but I love it. Um, and I, I don't want any of this to go anywhere, but they got to make some better choices. That's all. Better decisions. Yeah, that's all. Catherine says, Sean, I just want to say you're always really great at painting a picture for us. I love it so much. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, if I wasn't good at it, that'd be a problem because I've been doing this for a while. Uh, Classy says, yeah, we need more nerd culture present out in the open in the United States. That's funny because I feel that nerd culture is pretty out in the open. Um, I feel like it's bigger than ever. Uh, this was a, for context, we were talking about like the difference between Japan and the u.s like over there the that nerd culture oh. is much like prop is propagates a lot more sure sure that's fair stuff like putting comic advertisements in the subways and right yeah like, like actually like doing things to you know, potentially activate users that's such a small simple decision that anyone could make and just do it like i can't imagine those subway ads are that expensive uh and and would bring in numbers. Sure. The Webtoon ads that they had in Subways sparked a, a lot of... Yes, Marco, it was. Sparked a lot of controversy, but people saw them. Yeah. So if there was an advertisement for Marvel Comics, I imagine people would see them. In uh, France, there's a, a citywide Comic-Con called Angoulême. Um, the whole city's taken over by this convention um and in the paris metro during angoulême there are ads and you know banners and celebrating uh comics and and bd and you know the uh the whole thing mm -hmm. so that you'll go to angoulême mm -hmm. wow yeah. that's pretty yeah. sick and it's an entire it's in an entirely different city and there are ads in the metro, like. Yep, you, you um. The the one thing about those things is you you need to have a, a relatively large budget. I don't know what the costs are in Europe, but at least in the states, for something like to get in the in the subways, like in airports, probably like hundred thousand dollars. Hmm. Is that all? Oh, dude! Uh, comic book marketer, the 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 amount of budget you'll get is like maybe 300 for the month that's a third of your budget like that's that's a big decision to be making yeah but for a disney or a warner brothers you know the two staple in you know uh the two but, staples of the industry like they could afford it 
I think that assumes that they're giving the comics that much of a priority. That's what I'm saying. Can I can I tell you a fun fact that I recently learned, Gil? In 1972, two, no, four, something like that. Uh, Warner wanted this is this is how cyclical and comedic and typical this industry is. At that time, 50 years ago, the impending new uh, uh, president of DC Comics and editor-in-chief had to convince Warner that they should not scrap weekly comics and only reprint and, and license license the rights to print new comics to other publishers. Huh. I say that to say that's how little that Warner and the, probably Disney now have ever cared about DC and yeah. Marvel. The comic space that they own in general. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, uh, it's a sad state of affairs. But it's always been, so it's fine, right? <laughs> Struggle. Yeah, builds character. Hey, look, I love comics. We all love comics. That's not, you know, that's not in question here. Um, I think the industry will be okay, ultimately. However they fix it, however they solve these issues, it'll yeah. be fine. Solve the issues, yeah. quote unquote. Well, like at the end of the day, we just want them to do right by the industry. Exactly. 150 million percent. Uh, and if you love us and want to do right by us, head on over to patreon.com slash the comics pals, where we are offering a whole host of content. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff on there. We pride ourselves on making it valuable. So, um, you get, you know, the ability to vote in the book club poll, which, uh, flashpoint actually came out the victor in the poll. So we will be reading flashpoint. Um, and putting that book club out on the 6th of June. So right in time for the movie, we will be putting that out. Yeah, Let's go. Are making me sully my eyes with that book again. <laughs> all, hey, the cross, all the crossover stories, everything. What if you like it more this time? Oh, that could happen. If I like it more this time, I'll do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> And no one has forgotten about the backflip you still owe. Listen, least of all me, I promise. <laughs> We've got an exclusive show over there called Palling Around on our Patreon page. And if you subscribe or if you uh, support at a certain tier, you get access to a nickname and a shout out on the show. So I want to give a special shout out to the best pals in the universe, Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, and the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound. And an additional thanks to the Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Starcross Catherine Stars, Joel Justice, and Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer. Thank you all so, so much. We appreciate the support. If you want to watch this show live, you can do so every single Saturday at 10.15 a.m., Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Polls. If you want to vote for what we should be reading on Pals Polls, the listener poll is up now. 
and so you can go and vote and uh, the book that wins is what we will what we will add to Pals pulls next week um, we've got some we've got some good books in the poll it's a little bit of an eclectic poll uh, this time around um, we've got our first our first whatnot book yeah I'm really interested in that yeah and I would really love to not have to read a DC book in favor of that <laughs> so y'all gotta get out there and rock the vote well right now power girl special number one is winning so yeah yeah and it, like i like that book that was fine but boy i would really like to read this whatnot book and power girl's probably gonna win because it was retweeted by uh some of the creators oh, so y'all killing me any any time that happens it's like yep so if you want if you want uh, the whatnot book to win, if you want North Valley Grimoire to win, at Blake Northcott, the writer, and let her know. Let her know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the chat for anybody who wants to fix the vote over here. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna um, if you wanna influence the vote, uh, go and vote. Where on Twitter, Kale on Twitter. Um, I already voted. Yeah, I did too. I I had to vote for uh, the the whatnot book. Yeah, yeah, had to do it. But um, another big announcement that we have is that uh, on June third, Rom next V. Week. Yes, next week, Rom Whoa. V will be joining us. So Rom V, of course, the writer behind Detective Comics, the writer behind Venom, the writer behind The Swamp Thing, the writer behind uh, Help Me Carnage. Out. Thank you, Carnage. The writer behind a lot of books that you know have been enjoyed by us, that have been enjoyed by the industry at large, the many deaths of Lila Star. Um, I have personally been in a Rom V reading hole. Yes. And I am loving every second of it. So did, can't wait to talk to Rom. Did, did you uh, did you read Lila while it was coming out? I didn't finish it, but I I was mm. reading it. But I will finish it before we speak with him. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, um, that that's gonna be a fun conversation. Don't miss it. Come out, support us when we're speaking with Rom. If you've got questions, you can submit them early. You can submit them that day. We're more likely to take the questions that are submitted early um, from you know non super chatters. So yeah, that's gonna be a fun conversation. Can't wait for it. Um, Junior Alvarez says, Sean is always great with his articulation and depicting and breaking down comic plots. I would strongly recommend joining their Patreon if you're getting into comics for the first time. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yes, appreciate that very much. That is very nice of you to say. Um, You, want, you guys want to have a little fun? We have nope. fun on this podcast. We don't always talk. What? Kale doesn't want to have fun. But we don't always talk about the big industry stuff. Sometimes we get in the nitty-gritty and we just talk fun comic stuff. So we're going to do that now because I have a question for you guys. The question is, who would be in Marvel's Legion of Doom? Yes, the Legion of Doom, of course, is DC's premier supervillain team. Antagonist of the Justice League in the early days. Everybody probably remembers the the Justice League show from, I guess, the 80s that featured the Legion of Doom. That was a lot of fun. And so I'm asking you guys, if Marvel had its version of the Legion of Doom, who would be in it? Now, I am prepared, so I will start giving you guys a little bit of time to think. 
How many, how many people do we need to? So we're going to do uh, six entries. Six, okay. So six members of Marvel's Legion of Doom. No rules. Just they have to be a Marvel villain. Here's my six. My leader. It cannot be the Legion of Doom without Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom is the leader. Dr. Doom is the one who will put this all together. And everybody else has to fall in line because everyone ultimately bows to Doom. Next up, I have Doom's old running buddy. Somebody who I would die to see interact together again on a team like this. None other than Kang. Who can forget the Infinity War, or rather the Infinity Gauntlet, and Doom and Kang... Uh, being on the same team and how fun that was. I would love to see that interaction again, but them also plotting against each other on the low. Gotta have another uh, huge Marvel antagonist, none other than Loki. Oh, that's a good one. Lo- it, could be, it can be male Loki, it can be kid Loki, it can be woman Loki. I think I want woman Loki. Mm-hmm. But Loki is the villain who can mess with the Avengers and keep them on their toes to let the rest do what they do best. Loki can also integrate the Frost Giants and do all kinds of shenanigans. He's the trickster god. Here's the one that I think people will be upset by. Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister is my wild card pick. He's the one with the know-how to stop the X-Men, who will be a huge problem for the Legion. Mr. Sinister can keep the X-Men on his toes. He kept us on our, on our toes, Sins of Sinister. He had us in a thousand-year loop. What could he do with the backing of Doom and Loki and Kang? I think Mr. Sinister makes perfect sense, and his cloning abilities will be important here, too. I also have Hela. They're going to need an army. Why not the army of the undead? Hela can also, obviously, counteract Thor. So that would be a lot of fun as well. And I would love to see Hela and Loki on the same team, especially if it's woman Loki. My last choice is Ultron. Ultron is Uh, one of my favorite villains of all time. You have to have a machine on a team like this, in my opinion. And again, if you need an army, who can produce one faster than Ultron and his bots? I feel like any team that Marvel could assemble would very well may fall to this squad of the Legion of Doom. Okay, right. Um, I also have Doctor Doom. It just makes sense, namesake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Mephisto. Oh, um, how the hell? <laughs> uh, Thanos. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Galactus. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's my wild card, but. It, but is only represented by uh, the by the voice in in Silver Surfer. That's it. Like the, the, he he has his envoy, and if we need to call him, Galactus is up there, and yo, we gotta come through for some shit. Uh, Green Goblin and Loki. This is the wackiest oh. fucking team oh. I've ever heard of. So Marcos got four gods, and also Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Doctor Doom, Galactus, uh, Silver Surfer, and Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, was that six? That was six. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Kale, you up? I went a different route. 
and it will be controversial because it's already happened. But oh. I have a twist. Uh, so obviously, Legion of Doom, Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Backed up by the maker. Yes! Yes! Good. Now where this gets interesting is my next four are Iron Man, Black Panther, Xavier, and Namor. What? My assertion here is that Hickman's next Avengers no. was the Legion of Doom. What? They destroyed it. Destroyed what? The world. They won. No, they did not. Yeah. Doom came out the victor. Oh, my. So well, to speak. And to the victor go the spoils. The victor Von Doom go the spoils. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. And since we don't have Tyler, uh, we'll just choose a listener's six to round it out. Harris chose Dr. Doom, Mystique, which was someone that I actually wanted to put on my team, Ultron, Mephisto, Apocalypse, and The Maker. Well, Apocalypse is a good one. Mystique is a good one. Mystique is a great one. The problem with Apocalypse is that he doesn't associate with humans. Uh, Yeah. But that doesn't matter. Marco fucking picked Galactus and Mephisto. Oh, I mean, that was that that didn't even that was crazy. And Green Goblin. So I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Gotta gotta have some some antagonists to fight Spider Man. You know, fucking the tree of Krakoa. (laughs) Chad Paul, yes, Chad Paul should have made the list. Yeah, 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 we we left them off. Uh, and you know who else is in my Legion of Doom? I, I forgot this person, too, and, and I, I regret it. Uh, Bobby Hollywood. Terry Yoshida. Oh. No. <laughs> Bobby Hollywood, yes. stealing jobs, just a terrible guy. Um, you know, and Kang's a big fan of his, so that's how he made the team. If, uh, if you want to share your Marvel's Legion of Doom with us, you know, leave it in the comments. We would love to see what you guys come up with, especially if you're watching now. If you're watching live, what do you got? Give us a shout. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna get torn apart for for mine. Yeah, I feel yeah, like mine was because you had four one. four heroes on yours. Yeah, that's not gonna fly. You're gonna get dunked on, 100. percent But that's okay. Making good content. Exactly. Uh, speaking of good content, it's always fun to hear what the listeners have to say. Is it not? Um, we've, Take it or leave it. Nah, all right. Well, we've got one listener comment that I wanted to read this week. Um, and it does it does include a spoiler for oh. – eh, actually, I don't have to read the spoiler. It's okay. Don't worry about a spoiler alert. You guys are fine. I will leave the spoiler out. This is from Ian Duarte who said, Well, Zeb Wells probably wanted to kill off Mary Jane or most probably Peter Parker again, but most surely was shot down through editorial – and made blank instead, knowing blank. But yeah, yeah. I feel the idea was to make Peter Parker unlikable, immature, and dumb enough to have a hero's death to make things right again and redeem himself to Mary Jane. Go full circle. But the story just sucks, TBH. I completely, 100% agree with the idea that, and and I have no proof of this, okay? So before anyone comes at me, I have no proof. I believe that Zeb Wells pitched a major death that was relevant to Peter's life. Yeah. 
and was told no. Yeah. And something else became, you know, the way they would do this. And they saw an ulterior motive. They saw a way to benefit in multiple ways from what they actually ended up doing, which we will be talking about this Thursday on Palace Pulls. After Thursday, it's all spoilers because Amazing Spider-Man 26 drops Wednesday. So if, if you still don't know who what happened in Amazing Spider-Man 26, that's it. Wednesday's the last day. But I agree with this writer. I agree with Ian that this was not Zeb Wells' initial plan. I said as much last week. It's so much of it, of this story and the way it's built, feels like it was supposed to be either Mary Jane or Peter. Mm. Yep, yep. He and just doesn't... Can't commit. The 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 way it's... I'm just going to go, boy, I'm working real hard. Yeah. The way it's played out, we think, it's just not... It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's my next book club choice, by the way. It's gonna be this Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man twenty six. No, like the, the, the like book up we're already reading. Yeah, but like a, a retrospect on it. Oh, you're gonna make us read the full trade? Yeah, twenty five issues of Amazing Spider-Man that we've read like half of for the show, and you guys hated. Well, Kale didn't hate it. Right? Not no, you did. Uh, I make bits and pieces of it. Very few bits and pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still on the JRJR art. Right. There's something off, bro. His art. No, because it's different from the old stuff. Yeah, I'm well, telling yeah. you, like if you look at the stuff he did with Straczynski, which look, I, I it looks the same. But now it's different. Mm. Like the problems you have with JRJR's art are still there. Absolutely. <laughs> but whatever they're doing now has made it like a thousand times worse. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I, I just I can't handle the slander. I can't. I love the junior junior art. Oh. I do too. Oh. That that dude to me is higher than Mark Bagley for Spider-Man. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think so. I think I feel that I way. I do not like Mark Bagley. Oh, wow. Bagley. I can't say that. Uh, he's got, you want to talk about same face. Mark Bagley cannot draw a different face to save his life. Um, we got a first-time chat on Twitch. Uh, with their list, Dead Rising BG95. Doom, Molecule Man, The Maker, Kang, and Null. Jesus. It's not bad. Hot damn. That is broken. First of all, <laughs> you don't even need you don't even need a Legion of Doom. If you have Null and Molecule Man, that's it. That's it. You're winning. <laughs> Molecule Man. Yeah, that's a great pick. And putting Doom and Molecule Man together is also fantastic. I love that. Um, of course, you know, that's going back to Secret Wars. So I love a yeah. Secret Wars reference. Thank you for the first time chat. Appreciate you, Dead Rising. Uh, let us move forward and get into a little bit of news. We're, by the way, we're going to be talking Amazing Spider-Man again 
in a little bit because we actually have an answer as to well we have an answer as to where the leak originated from as far as like how we learned about it we have an answer for that and i can't oh. wait to talk about that um but up next we're actually talking about grant morrison so it was announced this week that grant would be working on a 13 part series for ahoy comics now uh grant is not actually writing the entire series grant is writing the first installment of the partially naked came the corpse that's so good uh <laughs> 13 part story which will be in the upcoming project cryptid anthology coming from oh. ahoy comics in september nice yeah and so uh it's a pro story um it is created with quote exquisite corpse style in the in the quote exquisite corpse style in which successive authors take on successive chapters of the story um subsequent episodes of partially naked come the corpse will be written by mark russell alex segura torin gronbeck bryce ingman Carol Lay, Carrie Harris, Hannah Battery, Audrey Riker, Kirk Vanderbook, Lisa Jont, Stuart Moore, and Keck W. John Proctor. No, John. Oh, John Keck Proctor. W. John Proctor will illustrate the book. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a pro story where Grant is going to take the first chapter, and each of these writers will have a chapter going forward. Yes, yeah, a subsequent one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. That well, it's supposed to be prose, but uh, I guess I guess John Proctor is going to be like maybe bits and pieces of illustration here and there. You ever yeah. you ever read the uh, Grant's Batman? Like the first arc ends with a prose story called The Clown at Midnight, and I would imagine that this will be similar, where it will be largely yeah. prose, but with images that inform the story or you know showcase sure. what the story is, is saying something yeah, like yeah. that when as i as i recall ahoy does a lot of this mm -hmm. in the back of their books mm. they put a lot of uh a lot of back interesting matter. prose back matter in the in the back of their books i i'm convinced that any ahoy comic is of the greatest value on the on the stands at the moment like they have so much like you have your, your regular story shit they'll do like oh crossword puzzles they'll do like uh find this image thing like there's there's so much in there that you get extra value out of that thing for the same price as anything else yeah interesting I, ahoy is actually um they're they're a good publisher ahoy, yeah ahoy is awesome um they've put out some really great books the book that i really liked was uh the wrong earth yeah. That that the wrong earth is awesome. And then what was the one book we interviewed Tom Pear and I think Stuart Moore um at one point. Yeah. And they were they were promoting a book that had oh, anthropomorphic the cats. cats and space and that was fun. That was great. So Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So Captain, Captain Ginger. There you go. Was that it? Okay. Yep. That was a lot of fun. That was really good. Yeah. Um Oh, but but Ahoy does not get a lot of uh, publicity. People don't really talk about Ahoy. So 
teaming up with Grant, even if it's for one chapter of this larger story, is huge for them. I think that's fantastic. And this Project Cryptid anthology also features a lot of other extremely talented creators. Um, I'm not going to read the whole list at this point, but I will highlight the ones we didn't mention earlier. Liana Congas, Henry Baharas, Joe Illich, Xander Cannon, Gene Ha, um, uh, Mike Spicer is a part of this, Richard Pace, Jamal Eigel, Ted and Rose Stein, that's fantastic, or Ted Grant and Rose Stein, I'm sorry. Um, they're all a part of this, and this is fantastic. Brent, 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 Brent. Brent. yes. Not, yeah. not Grant. Ted yeah. Grant is Wildcat. Oh, whoops. <laughs> hey! <Whoops. laughs> Sean out here getting exposed. Um, and he, for, he for knows any... who Wildcat is. <laughs> and speaking of getting now. exposed, Marco, did you not just put fucking Galactus on the Legion of Doom? Yeah, with, but with Green Goblin. But but it, with uh, Silver Surfer as the like the voice, he is he's there to represent while Galactus is off destroying our, our planets. Yes, because Galactus is very concerned with the with the happenings on Earth to the degree that it needs to be part of a Legion of fucking Doom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when something happens that is a yo, we need to destroy Earth. Who do they call? Well, the guy who's that's his namesake, dude. They would die too. <laughs> we can't solve everybody's problems, Sean. Okay. <laughs> Someone solve my problem and get Marco out of here, please. And and for anybody who wants to go back to listen to that uh, interview with Tom Payer Stuart Moore, it's uh, uh, episode one eighty seven of the Comics Palace. Whoa, that's forever ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was only twenty twenty. I bet. I bet Paul has caught up to that. Probably. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, we're on three episode three forty five now, so that was legitimately a long time ago. Three At years least, ago. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, can't believe it. Yeah. So this. This book uh, is, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I definitely want to read it, especially, I mean, it's a new Grant story. Um, how can we not? How can we not? And I believe, well, and yeah, go ahead. To directly see what Grant will inspire to from yeah. other creators, like in a real tangible sense, like mm-hmm. that's gonna, that'll be cool. Yeah, this is... This is awesome, and I hope that this leads to a bigger, um, you know, bigger station for Ahoy. Um, mm-hmm. th- I noticed they weren't one of the, or I don't believe they were one of the deluxe, the deluxe publishers under Diamond. Uh, they they certainly weren't. Um, I don't know who's publishing a, them, but they had a big thing with uh, Comicsology uh, when we spoke to them. As I oh, recall. okay. So there you go. So maybe they're still. Well, that, I mean, that's a dumpster fire, too. Oh, man. Yeah, rip, yeah. Oh, actually, they're uh, part of Lunar. Okay, great. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, well, the, hold on. I'm seeing conflicting art- articles here now. I don't know. This one says Lunar. The other one says finds a new port at Simon and Schuster. I don't know. But they're definitely what? not with Diamond. Okay. Sky's the limit, then. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on. I got to stop everything. Uh, top lane, obviously I know what Keck means. Are you kidding me? I grew up on the internet. Can you explain it to me? I don't, it's, I've never heard of this. If you, if you, it's just Keck is just LOL spelled wrong. 
it's it's from World of Warcraft. It's not Twitch speak top lane. It's from World of Warcraft. If a horde character types LOL and your alliance and you see it, it will appear to you as Kek. It's K-E-K. Damn. Yeah. So don't try to school me, top lane, on internet slang. I was born of the internet. I was molded by it. (laughs) Don't recite that. Ma- old magics to me, which I was there when it was written. Hell yeah. <laughs> Please. Oh, it is a lot like Aslan. <laughs> How dare you? Sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Keck. Um, <laughs> this, this will be out in September. So a little bit of a wait, but I think it will be worth it. We'll read it. Absolutely. Now. <laughs> Sorry. Aaron Ruiz in the YouTube chat says, Sean was a wow guy. My man. <laughs> Yo, the stories. If only you if you only you subscribe to the Patreon, you might hear a story or two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have told some wow. I have a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of wow stories. And, and I have embarrassing wow stories. Yeah. Yo, Gil Drama. They're great. I, I'm high hunger for Sean's guild drama. I did something in WoW. I'm not going to say it here, but I did something in WoW that was so embarrassing that there were forum posts made about what I did. <laughs> Tremendous. Tremendous. <laughs> Y'all, like, the the extra podcast that we do, even even if... You only subscribe to that. You're getting your money's worth. Yeah, that shit was funny. <laughs> and Catherine's right. We met. Yeah, I met Catherine on World of Warcraft. Uh, that's that's how we became friends. Wild. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's a great it's a great game. Wish I played. Wish I still played. Anyway, let's let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man because well. after after the leak. That happened last week. Um, a lot of the conversation, you know, it started with pure anger and rage, but then it became how did this happen? Who leaked the event in Amazing Spider Man, the shocking event? Who leaked that? We haven't known. And Comics Beat actually uh, put out an article really, really quickly after the, the, the leak itself took place, and they were asking the same question. And Comics Beat was unable to determine an answer because as far as people knew, it originated from Reddit. But who gave this Redditor this information? Hmm. Fucking Redditors. A lot, of, a lot of leaks happened on Reddit, apparently. But this leak did not actually originate from Reddit. Contrary to the belief, where did this thing come from? Who did this? A lot of people said it was Marvel. Because, and actually Tyler floated that theory, and so did Comics Beat. A lot of people said, look at the images. This is what Tyler said last week. Look at the images. They're blurry. Everybody has a camera phone, and your camera phone does not take pictures this bad. So why are they so blurry? Well... That's a good question. If this happened before the book hit comic book shops, which it did, 
And it's this blurry. It probably came from in, inside the house. The call's coming from inside the house. Has to. And so people said, oh, Marvel probably did this for publicity. And that, that was the big theory. Hey, we can we can off this character. We can resurrect them. And please, chat, try not to say who we're talking about. I understand that it's a little weird to have to play this game, but just indulge us, please, just because not everybody is aware of what took place. Um, so maybe it was Marvel. Maybe Marvel wanted the publicity. Maybe Marvel knew that there would be backlash, and they didn't want to wait for the issue to drop just for there to be a wave of negativity. Hmm. So let's get ahead of it. Let's make you know make this announcement, and then when the issue comes out, the heat will already be off. B.B. Sobolski walking around Marvel taking pictures with his crusty-ass Motorola Razor flip phone. <laughs> this will oh get the internet God. on fire. That's hilarious. What's up, Kefis? Welcome. You missed a lot. Um, well, as always, Bleeding Cool comes through with some ace reporting and uh, investigative journalism to determine the answer to this question. Bleeding Cool's Richard Johnson was able to trace the leak all the way back to a YouTube channel. No way. Yes, indeed. Not us. Not us. We would never do that. If we had a Marvel Insider, we would never leak anything you told us. We can be trusted. Hit our line. Our DMs are open if you want to, you know, tell us some information, some some private information. Give us the tea. Yeah. You've been told secrets. Oh yeah, we keep. Oh please, we've been told secrets. We keep them. Trust yeah, we're me. pretty good at that. Yeah. So, the YouTube channel is titled Comics Kingpins, Comic Kingpins, and they went live on May fifteenth on YouTube with the title "Who Dies in AM's ASM Twenty Six? Tune in to find out." Now, this YouTube channel, as of Today's uh, today's live has 531 subscribers, which is the same number it had a few days ago when I checked last. And I don't say that, by the way, to denigrate them. I'm I'm saying that because I'm hi- trying to highlight how small this channel is to have dropped such a bombshell, mm. and frankly, how few people actually saw the video from which this leak originated because that video only has 447 views which is not a lot considering what it spoils so the reddit thread ended up taking all their uh all their viewers which is unfortunate for them but i watched it go ahead sort of like frankly you'd sort of want that uh that reddit buffer when you're up against you know disney yeah, that's I, I see what you I see what you mean I see what you mean I think I would like I would like uh, well <laughs> I views. wouldn't I wouldn't do it but the views would be sweet how you yeah, don't promote I, that and parlay that into a video that does at least a thousand views I don't get but 
That's the biggest spoiler they could have possibly had. Yeah. So Rich Johnson was able to interview them. And they said, uh, this is tough. It's tough to read without spoilers. Uh, <laughs> take your, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Is that video still up? It is. Yeah. Wow. It absolutely is. I, I mean, at this point, at, at this point, like, the yeah. Marvel's issue is with who did this. Well, let me let me read the quote first. Uh, and if you really don't want to know the answer as to who was killed, this quote I'm about to read doesn't exactly spoil it, but it gives you an idea. So you can mute us for 30 seconds as I read this. Okay? Or skip ahead if you're watching later. Quote, we stated on the show about the main reason that it was spoiled at all was the fact that they were killing off a fan favorite minority character in a title that wasn't their own and without drawing pretty much any attention to the fact that they were even showing up in this event is a huge disservice to their fans it seems that a lot of the community is under the impression that the source came from the publisher and that is accurate i am allowed to say that much the sentiments we expressed about them being killed off like this are the sentiments of our source Hopefully now, perhaps more of her fan shit, more of their fans will catch this milestone event for them, regardless of how they handle it down the road. As I'm sure you can understand, we don't want to say too much in regards to our source for the obvious reasons. I like to think that somebody that like Sean was like, you know, like like mute us for the next thirty seconds, and someone's like in the middle of like doing dishes. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I I have a theory that is half joke, but I think it would definitely spoil it. Go ahead. I wonder if it was Sa Sana Aminat. Mm, that would be crazy. That would be insane. That's that's too risky. But for, uh, you know, uh, she was like on the team that originally created her. Um, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Too much. <laughs> too much. Too much. Okay. Sorry. Um. I think for any executive to be a part of something like this, regardless of how you feel about the decision, is shameful. Mm. I don't support that kind of action. Um, I think if she felt this was the wrong decision or anything like or if any if any executive felt that this was the wrong decision, you're probably in a position to voice that in a in a in a more correct way because this leak doesn't help any this leak doesn't help this doesn't help that problem yeah, that the conversation that that would generate will happen anyway yeah and it doesn't happen as strongly without the voice attached to it the voice of you know of that person so um i think i, I don't know but it has to be somebody who's upset because that's what the quote says the, per the person that did this is upset with the outcome. They're upset with who was taken out. And fair. Yeah. I, I get it. And I started to think. With the culture at Marvel right now, when you look at the editors and when you look at the people that work there, a lot of them are, you know, it's a lot more um, diverse. And, you know, there are a lot more women there, uh, a lot more minorities there, things like that. And so I could see any number of non-executive level employees at Marvel 
having access to this kind of thing and being mad enough to make this choice. No, what? You're working there and like this is just like like I imagine this is you're working there, right? You get that this is the machine of comics and you're trying to stoke flames up and stuff and surely they know something they, they know more detail than we do down the next you know six months worth of issues like i feel like they know how this yeah. is going to resolve to some degree and i don't know that that's grounds for somebody to be like oh, i'm mad at this decision in particular even though i know how it's going to resolve in this way but even even if that's how it resolves that doesn't mean you like the decision mm-hmm. or even how it resolves mm. Just because you see the full picture doesn't mean you agree with the full picture. Sure. And we 100% know, according to this quote from the Comic Kingpins, that it did come from an employee. That it came from somebody who works at Marvel, who had access. Think about it. This is a comic book that was is not in shops. Yeah. It, it literally only could have come from Marvel at this point. Who else would have a book that early? Creators? When do create I they get their comps creators get their comps. A- yeah. After. Like after after shops get them. Do they? I think so. What was the question? I don't know. When creators when do, get their comps. Do they get it before? Like right I think before they get it before. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, it all gets published at the same time. And they get shops got them a few days early. So, well, the leak the leak happened last week. That's too early. That I think that's too early for. Again, I think it's too early for anybody that doesn't work at Marvel to have it. They're yeah. still in the building. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. this this had to come from Marvel, and I believe the comic kingpins because there are other things that leak. Leaks happen all the time in comics. This is not. New, it's just big, mm-hmm. and a, a secret this big you think Marvel would keep, but clearly someone wasn't interested in doing that. My question to you guys is: Do you think that heads will roll? No, no. This is this is leaned into the fervor and the excitement and the outrage. And so while this was a leak, I think they've they had stuff ready to to promote this. And so I think any and at, at this rate any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, I think I agree. Um I feel like if they were gonna, we probably would have already seen it. I wonder if they know who it is. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I Just think ass. I think if Marvel ever learns who did it, they'll be gone. If I were in, and I'm not, but if I were an executive at Marvel, if I were in the position to make those kinds of decisions, I would 100% fire that person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's any, like, how do you not? Yeah. How I'm do you breaking. not? That's crazy. Like, I'm sure there has to be something in a contract that they sign where you, you can't, you know, do shit like that. So yeah, you're breaking yeah. some NDA thing or whatever. Right. Sure. I don't hope for that, 
I don't hope that Marvel finds the person. I think if the person was standing up for what they believe in, I still think it was wrong, but I get the choice. Um, I don't hope Marvel finds them, but if they do, I think that person is gone, and I think they should be gone. Tell me who'd be like, nah, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Show of hands, <laughs> who did it? Let's be honest here. Yeah. Well, that's that's the story as far as you know who done it. I don't think we'll ever learn who did it unless they get fired, which I don't think I don't think they'll be discovered. But um, I think this is as close as we'll get to the truth. And you know what? It's enough for me. I am sated by with this. I'd like to know. I'd still like to know. <laughs> I'm not saying I'll, I'm not saying I want that person to lose their job. I'm not saying you know, but uh, you know, made up. <laughs> Admit it. Damage is done. If someone if someone could whisper it in my ear or in my yeah. DMs, I'd love that, and I would never tell. You just want to know. I just want to. Yeah, I would love to know. I just don't want the the consequence of like if I know everybody else knows, which means the person's fired, sure. and I don't want yeah. that. But do I want to yeah. know something I'm not supposed to know? Hell fucking yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Stay toxic, boys. You know it. Listen, who doesn't love a little bit of gossip? <laughs> Please. We live L- for it. L- little cheesemiz. We live for it here. I uh, I had to take Jess to the the uh, doctor not that long ago, and there were a couple of nurses like across the room. They started talking about a wedding of a mutual friend between them. I have no idea who these people are. A wedding of a mutual friend. <laughs> I was looking at my phone. I looked up and I heard them talking. And then I realized what they were talking about. And Jess said, I have never seen a more obvious double take. <laughs> she said, you got to work on your face. <laughs> you got to work on it. <laughs> Can't let people know. Oh, hey, listen. Who doesn't love gossip, especially for people you don't know? You got that shit right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's a you know that's a that's a, a a subject that I think everybody would rather move on from the Amazing Spider-Man leak. It's a it's a blemish in my opinion on the year that has been 2023 for comics so far. And so we'll end the show on a fun note, but we'll keep things Spider-Man. Because we are going to discuss what would happen if the amazing Spider-Man and Batman swapped villains. Spider-Man would die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, immediately. (laughs) Really? It's a one-shot, bro. Talk talk about it. I'm saying it's a one-shot comic. Like, that's it. Like... Like yeah, who announcing gets new create? Oh, who gets the, the who's the team? Who's the who's the kill who's shot? The, who's the guy? Uh, Deadshot. No, that's too easy. Yeah, that's it. It's not even good marketing. Oh, uh, I guess he'll I guess he'll have his uh, his Spidey senses, huh? Yeah, no shit. Spider Man dying by a gun. So bad at this. Joker. Joker. Go on. Joker will infect the water supply with laughing something. He uh-huh. has to go stop him at the at the over at the dam, uh-huh. and it explodes. That's it. And and he dies. 
In the explosion? In the explosion, as as the dam collapses, because he doesn't have the same kind of smarts and resources as uh, uh, as as Batman to you know be preventative about things. But the water's already poisoned. But he's gonna blow up the dam that Spider Man's there, and it's gonna collapse and crumble upon him. Go. The water's already poisoned, so if he blows up the dam, he'll just drown. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying he I mean, he needed a reason to get Spider-Man to be like, come to the dam because I'm infecting the water, but and he, now that you're at the dam, I'm blowing that shit up. But he won't, that, he won't have died in the explosion. He'll have been poisoned by the water. Because he falls in. But, but the, the, the explosion is the catalyst there. Oh my god, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> Alright, fine. So your answer is that Spider-Man dies via explosion. Via explosion. By the Joker. Fine. Right, right. Okay. Kale, what do you think happens? You said Spider-Man dies, right? That's not what I'm saying. No, okay. of course not. Uh, I think... I think Spider-Man will be driven to be a villain. <laughs> Just go insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about Batman's villains. Think about the think about the shit that Batman has to put up with. That he has to have multiple people regularly talk him off the ledge. <laughs> Peter Parker doesn't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Batman's got Robin. He's got Batgirl. He's got Alfred. He's got. Any number of his allies who are constantly like, look, we see what you're dealing with. Come on back, baby. Come on back. It's okay. He, Peter Parker is out there alone. Hey. Snapping pics. Hey, 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 hey. He has the memory of Uncle Ben. He has Mary Jane sometimes when she's not with Paul. When she's not dead because of Hydro, man. True, also. <laughs> and and <laughs> And he has Aunt May... When she's not getting porked by Doc Ock or J. Jonah Jameson or well, J. Jonah Jameson's dad. Or, yeah, right. J. Jonah Jameson's dad. Wait. J. Jonah Jameson's dad? Yeah. Hey, Damn. Yeah. That's who that was. I'll make us around. That's who it was. But when? What, what, what year was that? Because they that were. Was, that was. Dan, wasn't that Dan Slott's run? That was Jameson's dad? I'm pretty sure. Are you? That was I, Jameson Senior. But Jameson's already a senior. Yeah, uh, yeah. How old is that? 150. Getting I'm getting a, some I'm young a... tail. Aunt May, 70 <laughs> years old. Let's go. Um. Yeah. Yeah. J. J. Jonah Jameson Senior. Oh my God. God damn. Oh my God. I did not know that. That is the estranged father of. Peter's boss and Spider-Man's harshest critic, J. Jonah Jameson, making him her stepson, and by extension, Peter's step-cousin and self-declared step-brother. Much to Jameson's <laughs> discomfort. What? Yo, I learn something new every time we do this. Um, <laughs> that is hilarious. So, uh, my answer to the to the question at hand... Wait, Kale, were you resolved? Did you... Cause... Did you finish? Uh, yeah, for Spider-Man, yeah, I think uh, I think Batman will clean up. 
Yeah, I think New York City will be a crime for this. This is so interesting. Okay, hold on. Let's let's really dig in because we're talking. Because I feel like Spider Man's villains are getting disrespected a little bit. Because we're talking about Sandman, right? Clayface equivalent. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about Hydro Man, Mister Freeze, but liquid, no problem. (laughs) Or Clayface, but water again no <laughs> less viscous okay 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 fine hold on what about this guy what about electro come on livewire no that's he doesn't have a uh I, batman doesn't have an electric uh batman doesn't have an electric villain as far as i can think but i will say this i will say this Batman would beat Electro by putting on elect, uh, 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 rubber fucking gloves and just punching him in the face multiple times. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even think you would have to put on the rubber gloves. <laughs> He's already wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So we're saying no to Electro. Electro can't beat Batman. Okay, fine. Let's let's take it up a notch. Okay. Green Goblin. Uh, Bruce Wayne buys out Norman Osborn's company and uh, Osborn becomes an insane drug addict that goes to Arkham. But he's got bombs. He's got a glider. So he's Firefly, so whatever. So he can, he can kick Firefly's ass. Roxy Rocket. like. <laughs> okay. All I right. Like that, I like that you thought that was the stumper. He's got bombs. <laughs> okay. Batman always deals with bombs. Uh, okay, fine, Kale. So Batman deals with bombs. What about symbiotes? Batman doesn't deal with those. What about Venom and Carnage? Now, there you got me. However, he's I will f- posit the Metal Men. I was going to just say he's a fucking bat. He deals with sound. That's it. That's their big weakness, right? Like, you know what? Clean up. Easy. <laughs> he'll take a he'll take a, a bell like uh, the fucking Great Mouse Detective. And <laughs> he'll drop that big-ass fucking penny in the Batcave, <laughs> and they'll just be done. The symbiotes will leave. He'll arrest Eddie and uh, Cletus. All right. Um, uh, uh, shit. Damn. I don't. I guess lizard killer croc. Done. Yeah. Damn. I think I genuinely. I think Batman would clean up <laughs> Vulture, Man Bat. Yeah. And Man Bat's arguably more dangerous because. He's physically powerful, whereas the Vulture is, as far as I know, not. I think the the struggle will be on Peter's end because he's not as disciplined and yeah. regimented as Batman. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We forgot someone now. We forgot someone now. We forgot Doc Ock. Come on. Six arms. Genius. Intellect. Ra's al Ghul. But he doesn't have six arms. <laughs> he's got... An army of ninjas. He's got a million arms. <laughs> wow. So you're saying that Batman will job out Spider-Man's villains. Yep. And that Spider-Man Easy. will die to Batman's villains. I that, they, that, they won that's the thing. The first I don't think I don't think Spider-Man will die. You just think he'll fail. I think, I think he'll be driven nuts. <laughs> I think he'll turn into whatever Ben Riley turned into in uh, Dark Web. Oh, I my think that God. I think one day with the Joker will drive Peter Parker <laughs> off the deep end. 
off the deep end, off the fucking dam. We're saying the same thing, Kale. Stop it. <laughs> Perry Perry makes it makes an interesting point. Perry Perry says Batman has way more trouble physically because Spidey's rogues are tougher, but Spidey has more trouble mentally. He's not anywhere near as good a, a detective. Spidey yeah. villains have teamed up and challenged the Avengers, Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man simultaneously. Batman's villains team up and still get taken down by Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yo, I like uh, Catherine Starr just says uh, Spider-Man's one bad day. Yo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Top Lane says Spider-Man loses 20 people in the first day. Easy. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to stand up for Spider-Man. I'm going to stand for Spider-Man right now because I think that Spider-Man's mental resolve is a lot higher than you guys are giving him credit for. Granted, he didn't lose both his parents and swear a vow, but he did lose Uncle Ben and make a promise. With great power comes great responsibility we all know that and if his responsibility is to protect new york city from batman's rogues i think he can do that i believe he would succeed i believe that spider-man can beat all of them and i believe he can do that very easily i don't think that batman has any villains that can actually test spider-man if you tell me riddler i tell you mysterio if you tell me Ra's al Ghul, I tell you he's Spider-Man. Uh, if you tell me the Joker or Two-Face, <laughs> like any of those people, it's just it's Spider-Man. The only actual threats to me are Poison Ivy, and I don't think she would succeed, but she is very powerful. And a redhead. So. And a redhead, so she has an inherent advantage on that. Uh, and I think, obviously, Clayface for being an elemental, not an elemental, but like a... You know, a similarly powered uh, enemy, I think he would have a shot as well. Um, outside of that, I don't think that Spider-Man can be beaten by all of Batman's villains on the same day, let alone any one of them. See, I think I think the reason Norman Osborn can't and hasn't gone over the edge is one, editorial, but two, uh Norman can't get over the fact that he's Norman the way the Joker has. Right. The Joker is all Joker. He's fucking disassociated. And the way that Peter deals with Norman is as Norman. If Norman was to go full Green Goblin, I don't know that. I don't know that I believe that uh, Peter could deal with it. Dude, you better ask Dan Slot. You better ask Dan Slot because we saw. Um, wait, actually, am I misremembering? Did not, did Norman not get a get a symbiote, and at the end of uh, at the end of Dan Slot's run, I feel like that's correct, but it's been a while since I read that. The red the red goblin. I know we have a red mm -hmm. goblin now, but at the end of Dan Slot's run, there was another red goblin. I don't think it was. Um... I don't think it was a symbiote, but I do remember it being like an extra powerful goblin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a. He, uh, yeah, go ahead. He reinvigorated the goblin cult from the 90s. Yeah. And that's what that's what was going on when uh, Superior ended. That's the run where Peter came back. So at the at the telltale end of Dan Slott's run. Uh, Norman Osborn bonded to the Carnage symbiote and became the Red Goblin. So that's as powerful as Norman Osborn can be, right? 
is Norman Osborn could be. Well, but he was still psychotic. He was still, you know, Green Goblin in the mind. Yeah. So we saw Green Goblin plus Carnage vert like fused. They did the fusion dance essentially, and we got the Red Goblin, and they could not beat Spider Man. If the Joker and I don't know Clayface or something stupid and goofy like that did the fusion dance. Batman would would have the same problem he had. It wouldn't matter. Just like it wouldn't matter for Spider-Man. I believe my answer to this question is that both heroes can deal equally with each other's rogues galleries. Yeah, I think you're right. Harry Perry says we're giving too much plot armor to Batman and not enough to Spider-Man. Eh, that's probably fair. <laughs> well, yeah. Bat- Batman has plot armor and everything. Yeah, because frankly, neither are going to die. Like, right. <laughs> Dude, what's I, what's going to keep them alive? Editorial. Right, exactly. That That's the greatest ally that either one of them has ever had. I've yeah. had arguments with people who try to tell me that Batman would defeat like the Phoenix Force, not Gene. The Phoenix Force itself with prep time. Right. Relax. With prep well, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always comes down to the prep time. Absolutely. I, That's Batman's superpower. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. The 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 one interest the one interesting extraction that I think would be a opposing force to Batman would be Kingpin because that's like more organized crime stuff and that's he he hasn't been able to get that shit rid out of out of Gotham in the past since he started. When was the last organized crime book you read at from DC? Hey, Hale, <laughs> okay, read out my fantasies out here, okay? Mm. I don't know if this is the place for your fantasies. Ayo, for real. Keep yeah. that on the OnlyFans. Which you should subscribe to. No, no, you cannot. No, you cannot. If you can, but you have to keep it for the plug section. Hey, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, no. Aaron Ruiz says uh, that uh, he couldn't beat him, though. He took advantage of Norman's ego, defeating Spider Man with his own hands. Oh, Norman's ego of defeating Spider-Man with his own hand. Like, Norman wanted to be the one to do it without the Carnage symbiote. Without Carnage, yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Hey, you can't separate Norman Osborn from himself. That's what I'm saying. Well, so then that's it. Joker has done it. Separated him from himself? Yeah. If that were the case, if, if that were the case, I think Batman would be dead. Because well, th- but but that's what I'm saying is Batman handles Joker. And that's why he would be able to handle Norman Osborn because Norman Osborn is just another businessman. I see I don't think Batman handles the Joker. I think the Joker handles himself because if you go back to Scott Snyder's run, we learned that the Joker has in the death of the family arc, we learned that the Joker has known who Batman is for some time and he mm-hmm. has just chosen not to kill him. Right. He could have killed him. He just doesn't want to. So, whereas I don't think Norman can kill Spider-Man. Yeah. I would like to see Spider-Man face off against Scarecrow. Like that horror. And that'd be fucking cool. Big ass spiders and shit. And it's way better than if Spider-Man faces off with Mysterio. Because this is actually infecting his body. Like this is a chemical change that he's undergoing. That would be an amazing comic book. Damn, let's make this shit happen, bro. Marco, what's up? Spider-Man's not afraid of spiders. That right, that's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> it would be. I it would go. be like it rolled would be up a newspaper. Fucking, it would be a fucking loop of the everyone in his life dying. It would be the most depressing comic book ever. It would be that Tom King Superman book. It would be. It would be a spider endlessly falling down a drain, yeah. or. <laughs> You know, getting getting rained on and, and its web falling apart or something like that. Which I think we've seen in the animated series, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. That doesn't sound far off the mark. That doesn't sound I think, far off uh, the mark. Was it it was when he gets the six arms. I think he has a dream about being an actual spider. And Aunt May washes him down the drain or something. Yes, yes, yes. Chad Paul. Classy Ulysses says Peter is afraid of Chad Paul. Chad Paul would be what what he would see if he were infected by scarecrow is Chad Paul and Mary Jane doing the things that they do doing what lovers do on a loop and as Peter tries to stop that he sees Uncle Ben getting killed on the side and he tries to stop that but he can't stop it it would just be a loop of him seeing things he doesn't want to see and not being able to stop any of it yep but I'd love to read it Hell yeah. Definitely want to read it. I'll check that comic book out. Ooh, him fighting Bane, though? Like, fist to fist? Like, fisticuffs with Bane? Spider-Man? Hulk. Yeah. He's beating the Hulk and the Juggernaut. That's a no, free uh, fight. No, I'm saying I, I would like to see that. I don't even think it I don't even, that That would be over so quickly. I don't even think it would be fun. Yeah, I think Bane, <laughs> Bane only works because he's a, you know, a similar intellect as Batman and stronger. I don't think Bane is even stronger than Peter. Like, okay. like, I don't... What do you think about that, kid? Do you think Bane is a stronger character than Spider-Man? No. I don't... Yeah, I don't think so no. either. It's the... It, he ha, Spider-Man has the proportionate strength of a spider. Right. <laughs> he could probably um, just pick Bane up and throw him. <laughs> well, he could definitely pick Bane up. <laughs> I'd like he, to see that. He'd throw him to fucking Metropolis and wouldn't even think about it. Shoot. Now I kind of want to see that. <laughs> Just see the little line, like the, the three little Yay. lines. Are just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Clearly, we're having a lot of fun with this. We could do this all day. Uh, so, Spider Cuck the comic? Yes. Yes. That is. This, yes. This arc of Spider Man. 150%. That is what Zeb Wells has been trying to, to get across the whole time. Uh, Murphy just put in the, uh, the chat on this. Discord that more leaks of ASM 26. Has, have gone out so if you're listening to this heads up Ooh, you've been warned don't want that um bane is stronger than kingpin and spidey has struggled against fisk yeah i feel to me personally i've always thought that he didn't want to like he doesn't want to beat up human people that aren't he doesn't want to beat up anybody but he doesn't want to beat up human people that aren't enhanced by something. Sure. Like he fights Doc Ock and he struggles, quote unquote. But we know that if he punched Doc Ock for real, Doc Ock would just die. Like nothing would stop him from dying if he got punched by Spider-Man in a real way. So I think that probably extends to all of Peter's human enemies, which would include Kingpin. Bane, on the other hand, is enhanced by Venom. And I don't think that Peter would... Um, would pull his punches, especially because he doesn't know Bane. Like I don't know you. I'm not gonna stop myself from kicking your ass. Word. I also I also don't think that. 
Oh, okay. I see. I miss. I misread. I thought he was saying that Kingpin <laughs> is stronger than Bane. I was like, "There's no way." No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So let us know what you think would happen if ba- Batman and Spider-Man swap villains. Let us know how you feel about the Amazing Spider-Man leaks, Marvel's Legion of Doom, anything we talked about today. If you enjoyed the show, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we appreciate all your support. If you want to leave a super chat, uh, leave us a Twitch Prime sub, which thank you, Catherine, for that. Really appreciate that you uh, subscribe to us again. What is it, 15 months? Some Let's go streak. Some absurd uh, amount. So thank you so much for that. Um, Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals is, of course, the best way to support your boys. If you enjoy what we do here and you want to see us do more of it, then um, support like that gives us the resources to make more stuff and to do more stuff. So thank you for those that choose to do that. Um, next week on this show, we will have Rom V joining us. Super excited for that. Get your Detective Comics reads in. Get your Venom reads in. By the way, I think I'm going to say this next week probably. I think Venom is my favorite book being published right now. Al Ewing? Yep. Al, uh, Al Ewing and, and Rom V. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think there's ever been a time where I ever would have said that in the history of me reading comics. But, uh, yeah. Get your reads in for Rom. We're going to be talking everything that you would imagine we'll talk about. Talk distillery, everything else. Come for that. 10, 15 a.m. Eastern next week right here. Thursdays for Pals Pulls, we'll be reviewing Amazing Spider-Man 26, which has even more leaks. So do your best to avoid those. Uh, just a few more days until you'll have it in your hands. Our next book club is Flashpoint that will drop June 6th. So come hang out with us for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Get your Flashpoint reread in. And if you do choose uh, to to uh, pick up a copy because you don't have a copy of Flashpoint, uh, I have a handy-dandy Amazon link that you can use. affiliate link? Yeah, I got a handy-dandy affiliate link that you can use to grab your copy of Flashpoint. I just put it in the chat, so if you're watching us still live, that's there for you guys. Um, And it'll be in the the description of this video. So if you want to pick up a copy of Flashpoint, you can do that that way. Join our Discord server. Come hang out with us. The conversations from this podcast always extend there. So uh, come hang out with us. We're always having great conversations there. Everything else at the Comics Pals. Let's get into the plugs. Kale. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Comics Pals. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto Into. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWard.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Um, I have three things to shout out this week. Uh, first of all, my uh, lovely and talented wife, uh, Glamzy Jess Burton, um, is now Dr. Glamzy Jess Burton. She Woo! did her uh, PhD in the history of European comics um, and the way they traveled across Europe in the 1960s. Uh, it was really interesting. There is a recording out there somewhere. It'll, I'll put it in the Discord oh, yeah, I get a hold of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so kudos to her. Maybe if you guys are interested, maybe we will have her come chat at some point or maybe we can make that a Patreon thing or, or something. She's but, always welcome. Yeah. Uh, the second thing, uh, 
few of my good friends are part of a Kickstarter with Quindry Press. Um, it's a Scottish uh, group that puts together um, really great comics. Um, long, long time listeners will know uh, Nori Miller has a, uh, a book called uh, Flesh and Flora. Hey. Um, and um, a partner of mine, Faye Stacy, also has one called uh, Find, Find a Seat. Mm. Um, I will put uh, the link to these Kickstarters in the chat, but I highly recommend uh, both of these books. Good stuff on Nori. Um, he does good stuff. Yeah. Um, and so this Kickstarter is for four four separate titles um so you can you can take a look at all that and you can get all four or you know any one you like the third thing is uh old old friend of the show dr ollie hicks some of you might remember her from uh you might remember them from um the riverdale review if you've been around that long um they and their partner emma just put out a book with um dang i don't know who it is uh abrams maybe uh one of the massive massive book publishers called grand slam romance yeah it's a gay baseball sports drama uh that's a comic and uh it's very good i got to read it as it was being created and i am wildly proud of both of them it's incredible um, and I do highly recommend it's out. It came out this week. Um, I can get a link in the chat and this might even be a free one. I don't know yet. I'll have to talk to Sean about it, but, um, highly recommend it. Yeah. Really good stuff. And if you can, um, Ollie's also done Sarah, 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 uh, which is a great uh indie book a lot of fun cool goofy romance similar in the style of like archie comics so definitely go check that stuff out as well all right marco your plugs you can find me at mr marco enomoto on instagram and twitter come talk to me uh, i'm going to be doing a lot of just reading this weekend um we've got the book club coming out uh, i've been doing my own research uh, or i guess back catalog reading for a lot of swamp thing stuff which was part of my the first of five newsletters um, was my turn this week. I'm just doing like kind of a retrospective on different runs that you know aren't the bigger ones. Len Wein and Alan Moore. Everybody talks about those, but what else is there for you to discover in the mucks, in the depths of the muck? So I've been going through a number of different arcs that people don't talk to about talk about all that much. Um, so if you want some swampy content, uh, you got four more articles coming out cool as for me i'm on twitter and instagram at sean soapbox i am very excited about interviewing rom v I'm reading a lot of rom v stuff so that's been fun uh and i want to answer this question aaron ruiz anything special for the 350th episode well oh we're not marvel or dc right <laughs> so um we don't celebrate all of our milestones the way that they do but given that, you know, it's in the middle of the summer and, uh, you know, things like that. Maybe we'll do something. Could be fun. Stay tuned. We'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll get that backflip, huh? 
That would be yeah. that would be uh, that would be that great. would be cool. Yeah, uh, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We will see you next week. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week.